sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. a Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday. A huge weekend ahead in the world of sports. The NBA playoffs begin tomorrow, officially. But not before one final night of the play-in tournament. In the Eastern Conference, it's the Heat and the Bulls in Miami in the Western Conference in Minneapolis the Timberwolves host the Oklahoma City Thunder four teams all looking to claim two spots the eight seed in each of the conferences around the association we have a full weekend slate of Major League Baseball after a short Thursday night slate around the bigs we'll set up the entire weekend here on this Friday on the morning after dive deep into the NBA postseason all of that and more as we bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time live right here on the grid some big NFL news entering this weekend as well we start though in Major League Baseball history is what the Tampa Bay Rays accomplished yesterday. Joining the 82 Atlanta Braves and the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers as the only three teams to start a Major League Baseball season, a perfect, unbeaten 13-0 dating back to 1901, Consider the modern era of MLB. Again, this is a record-setting start matching that of the 82 Braves in the 87 Brewers. A 9-3 victory yesterday for Tampa Bay. They closed as nearly a $2.5 favorite on that money line. Jeffrey Springs got the start for the Rays, who had been sensational all year long. 13 innings pitched entering yesterday's start of shutout baseball. He had to leave the game early, though. Forearm tightness in his throwing arm. That is slightly concerning, but the Rays were down 3-1 to one entering the fifth inning. They played seven in the fifth, and they come all the way back for a victory. Brandon Lau adds his fifth home run in the last six games to cap things off for a 9-3 victory, giving Tampa Bay their 13th consecutive win to start this season. They have more home runs this year. 30 than total runs they have allowed as a baseball team. But yesterday, especially in that home half of the fifth, it was some small ball that worked for Tampa Bay. Tonight, they will go for history against the Toronto Blue Jays to become the only team in Major League Baseball history to start a season a perfect 14-0. Because of this heater, a historic heater, to start this Major League Baseball campaign, the Rays have seen their odds move in a positive direction really all across the bigs. As you look at Tampa right now, the favorites in the American League East. They started with the third best price before this year got underway behind the New York Yankees, who were the favorites. Now the pinstripes plus 155, and Toronto off to a really solid start as well, plus 330. Both the Blue Jays and the Yanks entered yesterday with an 8-4 and four record. There was some excitement as the Yankees began a 10-game home strand up in the Bronx yesterday against the Minnesota Twins. Johnny Brito on the bump, who entered yesterday 
yesterday, having pitched 10 innings of work, only giving up one earned and striking out eight as he entered yesterday's matchup against Minnesota. It was not nearly as good for Johnny Brito and the Yanks yesterday as the Twins enter the Bronx and win 11-2. Quickly, we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after, live right here on this Friday. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So Johnny Brito yesterday got the start for the Yankees. There was a ton of excitement. He didn't even finish the top of the first inning. The Twins scored nine runs, capped off by back-to-back-to-back long balls at Yankee Stadium. And yesterday, Brito, two-thirds of an inning pitched. He gave up seven earned runs, allowing six hits. So the Twins win the first game of this series against the Yanks, 11-2. Again, beginning a 10-game homestand, though, in the Bronx for New York. Returning back home is what San Diego did yesterday after a long road trip. Seven games, a four-game set in Atlanta, three games in New York, having to go coast-to-coast without a single off day, a night game for the Padres, and it was even longer than originally scheduled as it goes into extras and Milwaukee picks up a victory on the road against the Padres four to three the Brewers were the underdog yesterday against San Diego although Manny Machado did hit his first home run of the year it was a plus 320 number pregame the offense has really struggled for San Diego only Xander Bogarts out of regular positional players so far this year for the Padres is the only player batting above 250 so as you look at San Diego right now and where they stand in the pennant chase in the national league they still have that third best price at five to one they're 50 cents in front of the new york mets who have a plus 550 number the dodgers remain the favorites at three to one and the atlanta braves the second best price at plus 320 but focus on milwaukee right there a plus 950 number right now the brew crew tied with the atlanta braves for the best record to start this season in the national league and surprisingly the cardinals who are behind them now not only in the national league pennant odds but also in the central odds st louis continues to struggle three games below 500 five and eight after they were shut out at home yesterday by the pittsburgh pirates let's set the stage into the nba postseason into this weekend with kevin walsh up next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What a treat it is on a Friday to end out the week here on the morning after to set up the weekend on the sports landscape to have Kevin Walsh in the mix on this Friday on the morning after. I am Ben Stevens. This is Sirius XM Channel 159. And make sure if you're tuning in to the Sports Grid Network, you head to sportsgrid.com slash watch. It's your place to find every destination. You can see the Spiz Grizz all around the entirety of this network. Okay, Dubs 
here for a huge weekend entering the nba playoffs those start tomorrow after one final night kev of the play in tournament and you and james young will have it locked and loaded on betting above the rim both saturday and sunday starting at 10 a.m eastern time kev thank you so much for joining us here on this friday wouldn't want to be anywhere else, man. It's a big Friday. It's a big weekend in the association. I'm pumped up about it. The play-in tonight should have plenty of juice. And I mean, then we. I mean, it's just Saturday, Sunday, eight games. Some say now. I mean, some say is it the best weekend of basketball all all year? I don't know. <laughs> whoa, whoa. You know. Now, did I, I didn't. I mean, you know, I, it's some not. say. Come whoa, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know it. I not. didn't say it. I said some said. Right. I didn't even say many. Right. I just said some. I said some. All right, good. I said I'm just, I, but you just, you, you, you know, you know that's not the case. Anyway, so as John, don't get in our ear and say I agree. I. Well, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, if Furman lined, I'm just saying, if Furman lined it up with the Brooklyn Nets, like it'd be an absolute route burial blowout. I just whatever, whatever. Hundred percent. JP Pagese inside the Barclays Center, keeping Furman moving on to the second game. Anyway, let's keep things rolling Mm -hmm. here, Kev, as we set the stage because the postseason continues tonight. The playoffs Mm -hmm. are tomorrow. The finale of the play-in tournament on this Friday, first in South Beach the Heat and the Bulls, the nightcap on this Friday in Minneapolis between the T-Wolves and the Thunder. We start with the game in the Eastern Conference to claim that number eight seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Kev, the Heat, a five and a half point favorite. Of course, they were beaten on their home Mm -hmm. floor on Tuesday night by 11 by the Atlanta Hawks. The Bulls go up to Toronto. They went outright thanks to D.R. DeRozan and a really good third quarter from Zach Levine. So Kev, a five and a half point spread in favor of Miami. What do you think is more likely tonight? To see the resolve out of the heat or see momentum continue for Chicago? I think it would be a bounce back for Miami. So here's the deal. You're, you're a man of history, right? And you give people the information and trends when applicable. Unfortunately, there are no trends for 10 seeds in game two of the play-in. We have a pair of them today. A 10 seed had never won in the 9-10 game before. Where that is relevant to me is then, despite the fact that road teams are playing well so far during this year's play-in, I can't let that erase how the beginning of this play-in tournament started, which was favorites dominating. Also, 7-seed had never lost before, and here we are with Miami laying the same number that they laid against Atlanta. That's surprising. We're overreacting in some direction then probably if that's what the numbers are going to check in at. Atlanta is better than Chicago. Miami is better than Chicago. And I think that's proven tonight. Let's not forget, and you mentioned Little DeRozan, and I mean, all in all, what was an MVP caliber performance? The the Raptors shot 50% from the free throw line. And it wasn't a scenario, it's like, ah, yeah, but Jakob Pertl took all their free throws. It was Pascal, it was FVV, it was OG Ananobi. That's an outlier game. Credit to the Bulls. They got it. But if they ran that game back tomorrow, the Raptors would still be five, six-point favorites in the matchup. Tonight, Miami looks like the side. When you go 18 of 36 at the charity stripe and you lose a game by four points, when you missed 18 free throws and you lose a game by four Yes, that mm-hmm. sample size is a little bit intriguing. And DR, according to DeMar, has school on this Friday, will not be able to make it to South Beach. So the Heat, very, very glad to hear and see mm-hmm. that. 
Now, Kev, we do have a couple of trends based on this play-in tournament. Like you mentioned, road teams, underdogs have been great. The dogs 4-0 and yep. against the spread. Three of them, of course, winning outright. The Thunder, the Hawks, and the Chicago Bulls. So, here we are, Kev, as we get ready for tonight's game. Zach Levine was tremendous mm -hmm. in that third quarter to spur the Bulls on their run back. 17 points in that third quarter against Toronto. 39 for the game overall. Jimmy Butler... Not great offensively for the Heat. Nobody was really great offensively for Miami against Atlanta. As you look at the point props tonight, Kev, who do you think steps up in South Beach? So I think this is one of those spots where, again, it depends how you are comfortable getting to the window. What do I mean by that? So Jimmy Butler comes off of an awful 6 of 19 performance. So when I see a performance like that, I go, okay, let me see how often Jimmy Butler has shot that poorly from the field and let me see how he does in the following game. Jimmy Butler, that was only the second time all year long he had shot under 35% from the field. Jimmy Butler had 12 games over the course of the season where he shot under 40% from the field. And honestly, he would kind of string those games together. It wasn't a scenario where next time out, he always stepped up to the dish and gave you 30-plus points. You're paying a big number on Jimmy. But I can't go under... He had 21, 19, 21 shot attempts, 19 attempts, 21 points. If Jimmy gets yeah. back to his efficient ways, he's in line for 35 plus in a do or die game. So I think the props are difficult. What I like there and the way you guys dress it up is that leading score. Taking yeah. plus numbers can alleviate some of the stress that can come with those straight bets. Jimmy tonight, if he goes over 27 and a half, Ben, I don't think he's landing 28, right? I think it's a massive night. I think it's a better, and I think that then you feel better about a big number on Jimmy because also Jimmy can be the leading scorer in this game. Let's keep in mind, very low total, 208, while still staying under that 27 and a half. 27 and a half is the highest points prop. The second one is Zach Levine, 26 and a half. The over has the juice. They have the same price to be tonight's leading score. Kev, as we focus on the big man, Nikola Vucevic for Chicago has recorded a double-double yeah. in five of his last six. Offensively, Bam Adebayo did not add a ton, just five of 12 from the floor against yeah. Atlanta. Kev, if Miami is to advance tonight to claim the number eight seed in the Eastern Conference, is Bam Adebayo the X factor for the Heat? Honestly, no, which is unfortunate for Miami. Now, if Bam does score 20 I promise you Miami wins but they don't need that that's kind of the, the frustrating I think at times with Bam Adebayo where you see this kind of a performance right his 12th game of the season if you factor in the play-in scoring under 15 points and you go man that probably doesn't happen too straight yeah it does yeah it does so Bam Adebayo today you know and Bam's post-game presser we got to find a way to get me more involved and the thing with Bam is he never says that selfishly it's a self-aware thing with Bam Adebayo where he knows he's being passive and he starts to regret it and he knows that the rest of his teammates and coaches wish that wasn't the case. But it doesn't automatically mean that we're going to flip this around and Bam Adebayo's tonight going to go out there and shoot the ball 20 times. He probably shouldn't because that's likely what Jimmy's going to do tonight here against the Chicago Bulls.
The winner in Miami tonight between the Heat and the Bulls claims the number eight seed in the Eastern Conference and opening round matchup against the NBA's best team this regular season, the Milwaukee Bucks. Now to Minneapolis, Kevin, the T-Wolves and the Thunder. Mm -hmm. OKC, a losing record in the regular season, but here they are, a win away from the Western Conference playoffs. It's a five and a half point spread now, Kev, in favor of Minnesota. Will this game be more competitive than those odds indicate? I well, I think actually that that it, it suggests a relatively competitive game enough here. Yeah. We don't know if Rudy Gobert is going to play, which is I think going to impact this spread when that news officially comes in. And that's not a suspension thing. Rudy is legitimately injured, which I do think is part of the reason he you know took all 400 feet of his arm and threw it at Kyle Anderson's chest because when you're getting slandered while playing and injured, it, it's even more disrespectful. A couple of more thoughts on the Western Conference play-in before we dive into the NBA playoffs. Up next here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Tomorrow, the NBA playoffs officially begin, but the postseason continues on this Friday around the association with the two final games in the NBA's play-in tournament. We broke down the first game up tonight out in Miami between the Heat and the Bulls. Now time for the nightcap on this Friday in the Twin Cities. The Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, Kev, the Wolves, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The total on its way up to two 29 we saw Oklahoma City score 123 points in their opening play in tournament victory against the New Orleans Pelicans they like to play at a fast pace and for the 43rd time this year Kevin Walsh Shea Gilgis Alexander scored 30 or more points Josh Giddy, a career high 31 points 10 dimes and nine boards on the other side for Minnesota Anthony Edwards was abysmal, frankly, against the Lakers. Carl Anthony Towns was good when he wasn't in foul trouble and on the bench. Kev, out of these four players, these two duos, one for OKC, the other for Minnesota, who do you think has the more important impact on the outcome of tonight's game? Interesting. I would I would think Anthony Edwards, and maybe it's just because I've been drawn towards his props. So you know what I mentioned with Jimmy? Like, bad game, what does he do next game kind of – approach to to betting Anthony Edwards went 0 of 9 from 3 which is not good I'll be I'll listen I'll I'll, I'll take the brave stance not good he is this season though found him his way over two and a half made threes the next game he's done that with a ton of consistency that's the prop here for this game on a personal level though I am a little gun shy because I bet Levine against Toronto to bounce back and go over two and a half threes. He scored 39 and made two threes, which was infuriating. It happens. It's not the end all be all. But personally, I don't know if I want to bet Anthony Edwards, despite the fact that my process is there. I like the over. If he scores 35 and makes two threes, I'm not hosting BATR the next day. I'm going to lose my mind. So that's kind of where I'm at, Ben. I think Anthony Edwards today is the key guy because I think he can go out there and have that massive performance.
Kev, like you mentioned, Rudy Gobert serving that one-game suspension against the L.A. Lakers in their opening play-in tournament game. A points prop yeah. is listed for Gobert at 13.5. We'll see what his status is entering tonight's game in Minneapolis. Kevin, of course, the winner of tonight's game, claims the number eight seed in the Western Conference out of Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Who do you think provides a tougher matchup for the Denver Nuggets in the opening round of the playoffs? So I don't think this should be any debate in, in that Minnesota provides a tougher matchup. The Thunder, if they get a game, good for them, cool. Minnesota is a team that had a win total that suggested they could be one of the four best teams in the Western Conference. And that is because Minnesota has a lot of high-end talent. If they get into a series with Denver, Jokic is your best player. Okay, we can all agree on that. Anthony Edwards, the second best player. Carl Anthony Towns, the third best player. Rudy Gobert, the fifth best player. All, all of that is in line there. You know, the, I'm not telling you I'm picking Minnesota to beat Denver, but Minnesota was a team who underachieved like everybody else in the West because of injury. Cat, yeah. Cat got injured in November. We didn't see him again until March. And then people act like that didn't happen. I, I don't know why we do that. Like, that's been one of the weirdest thing I think sometimes, Ben, about this season's NBA analysis is injury having a massive impact on things, and then we act like it doesn't matter to the story of the season. That is why Minnesota is in this position. Now, they're very capable of losing tonight because they are a bunch of dumb, dumb boys, as they have proven time and time again. But they would be a much more, a much more challenging matchup for the Denver Nuggets. I think that goes without saying. You could look just in how they would look to defend Nikola Jokic when you have Rudy Gobert, a perennial Defensive Player of the Year winner and candidate. That would be a lot better of a matchup. If OKC got there, what a great run it would be throughout this postseason mm -hmm. into the playoffs for a young core to only build upon. But the Timberwolves are a better matchup against the Denver Nuggets. Let's go through the Western Conference playoffs. That start tomorrow. The nightcap. On Saturday, Kevin, out in Sacramento, will the purple beam be lit as the Kings into the postseason for the first time in more than a decade will host their rivals from Northern California, the Golden State Warriors, the reigning NBA champions. Kev, obviously, it's just a one-point spread. It's now minus 110 mm -hmm. on the money line in favor of the Kings. It's minus 106 for Golden State. But I'll ask you this, for game number one, with all the enthusiasm we can expect in Sacramento tomorrow night, is the right side favored? Yeah, Sacramento should be favored in this game. You could argue by more. Golden State has a very good history in game number ones. Almost all of those are at Oracle, though, so does that really matter? No is the answer. Golden State, though, has won road game ones before as well. They've only played three of them. They've won two out of the three but it's a very limited sample size i think what most people though should really agree with here the series price is simply disrespect it is unjustifiable even if you gold so golden state lost 30 road games ben 18 teams have made the playoffs with 30 or more road losses 18 of them do you know how many have advanced out of the opening round of the playoffs one 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 team and here's the thing the I, I actually do think there's a decent chance that golden state gets one in sacramento they have a very long streak of winning at least one road game but the idea that sacramento who's 25 and 16 on the road 
by, by far the best record of any team in the Western Conference in terms of road record. Sacramento yeah. winning a game in Golden State is completely inbounds. The, here's the here is I think for me, Ben, the trickiest thing about this series. I expect it to be a long one. If we get a game seven, I really then struggle with who has the edge. Because the fact that it's a road game obviously is very, very tough because Golden State shouldn't be trusted on the road. But when you then start to factor in pedigree, experience, been there before, a game seven for the defending champs and the Sacramento Kings, obviously that's the Golden State advantage. Absolutely so. And Kev, it's been the storyline all year long for the Dubs. Their struggles yeah. on the road. This isn't all that far away from San Francisco, but the 11 and 30 road record for Golden State this year, the fourth worst in the NBA. The only teams that had a worse road record, the Rockets, Spurs, and Pistons, the three worst teams in the association. So, Kev, if Sacramento is to challenge Golden State here in this series, how do the Kings th keep things competitive? Well, I mean, I think for Sacramento, it's they have the best offense in the NBA. So, and they're going to be able to get theirs. Their defense has been very good on the road. You, it, these are going to be tight, tight games. I think if you're Sacramento, I also like multiple games. Sacramento will be up at the break to a degree where we're like, oh boy, Sacramento, man, look at them go. And then in comes whoosh, Golden State, right? Avalanche. Oh, wow. Steph Curry has 15 this quarter. Oh, goodness gracious. Clay Thompson now has 33 points midway through the third. We know how that goes. Sacramento just has to steady the ship. We, we talk about high-end talent so often, Ben, when we get into the postseason. DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox both are likely to make all NBA teams this year. Sacramento should feel like they have the high-end talent to compete here considering the home court advantage. So as we now move it over to Sunday, the 2-7 matchup in the Western Conference, the Memphis Grizzlies host the L.A. Lakers. Yeah. Of course, Los Angeles rallying back in the play-in tournament on Tuesday night to beat Minnesota in overtime, 108-102. Kev, the line for Sunday in game number one in the grind city, Memphis a three-and-a-half point favorite, the over-under 228-and-a-half. How crucial is game number one for what we expect to be a very competitive series out West. Not that crucial. Not that crucial. If Memphis wins it, the Lakers will hope to get the next game. And even if they don't, they go back to crypto. And if Memphis loses it, they're very capable of winning at crypto, I think. So now it's not as if I told either team, hey, would you rather win or lose the game? They, of course, all would rather win the game. But I think this is a great example, Ben, in terms of series pricing, where if you're struggling with this series, which, by the way, and I know most people wouldn't expect this, um, but then again, I'm the most unbiased man in the history of sports media. I'm struggling with this series a lot. I think Memphis is incredibly live to, to, of course, win this series. The value probably comes after game one, either direction you are probably going to be able to find something in this series that suits your appetite there. And maybe we'll learn something from game number one. Maybe we'll find out that the Steven Adams injury matters a lot more than people realize. Maybe we'll find out that the Los Angeles Lakers were beneficiaries of a lighter schedule during the LeBron James post-deadline run. Those are things that are all on the table. Here is, if you talk about what's the deciding factor in this series, though, 
is it could very well just be as simple as who is the best player in this series? And because if it's John Morant, the Grizzlies are going to win this series. If it's LeBron, well, then we'll find out. And if by some chance, number three, one, Unibrow can go out there, be the best player in the series, then the Lakers will win this series. No, not a doubt in my mind. Because LeBron will always do his part of it. It's about whether or not AD will. When the series perspective that Kevin just highlighted about maybe the insignificance of game number one reflected in those odds that we showed you there. Memphis A-142 series outright favorite to advance to the conference semifinals. More around the association next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The NBA playoffs begin tomorrow. The postseason continues tonight. We are live right here on this Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Okay, Dubs. Kevin Walsh with us for a third consecutive segment. Starting tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time, it will be Kev and our coach, James Young, together on mm-hmm. betting above the rim. A full NBA playoff preview live right here on the Spiz Grizz. Kev, what can we expect on BATR tomorrow? A lot of good stuff locked and loaded. Obviously, we're going to be previewing the four Saturday games plus those series where we can find some advantages. Uh, There's some good plus numbers out there uh, that I know we'll talk about certainly on that show, Uh, as well as Coach and I revealing our brackets. We're going to give you uh, our full look ahead, how we see each series playing out from now until we crown an NBA champion. Kev, I cannot wait to tune in to betting above the rim tomorrow because the first game up of the four that we have on Saturday is in Philadelphia. The Sixers, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against the Brooklyn Nets. Kev, how do you break down this matchup between Philly and Brooklyn? So I I think the, the big thing is how many games do you think Brooklyn can win, right? Nobody thinks they can win the series, rightfully so. Nobody thinks they can win three games, rightfully so. Is it zero? Is it one? Is it two? I don't think they can win two either. So then we get to, can Philly steal one of the first two games? Should we take a big plus number on their game one and game two money line? Do we bet the Sixers for a sweep? Is that where the advantages are? This series, maybe more than than all of them, has it feels like the least value on the board because they know how much the Sixers should just dominate this basketball team. I as I look through the full menu, Ben, and, and this is just I don't know, it's maybe a wider conversation, at least about the way I don't feel like you and I, and I think many people are like us. The Sixers minus a game and a half on the alt series spread. For those that again, maybe again they don't know, that means the Sixers have to win this series in six or less games so they just couldn't let this get to a game seven right is minus 310 here's my thing with that ben i don't see any world that's a losing wager i don't see any world that's a losing wager now people say that all the time about big favorites and it it obviously doesn't come in but we don't ever like 
I see that minus 310, I go, yeah, 100%. I guarantee that's a winning bet. But I'll never bet it. I'll never bet it because it's minus 310. Yeah. And I wonder, is that a mistake? If we have the massive sample size that we do, right, of how much better Philadelphia is than this Brooklyn team, can I justify laying minus 310 on an alt-series spread? If it's a winning wager, probably. The shortest result, Kevin, the most likely outcome according to the series correct score market is Philly to win this series in five games at plus 175. The second most likely outcome is for that Sixers sweep as well. So it is justified yeah. in thinking that if it goes to just six games at maximum, then hey, you have won a series wager yeah. an eight and a half point number for game number one tomorrow kev as we showed right there philly is a minus 1000 favorite to just win this series outright and advance to the eastern conference semifinals at this point we await the one versus the eight once we get some clarity tonight following the play in tournament but at this point the largest spread the best price in favor of anybody to just win a series outright is the Boston Celtics in their opening round series against the Atlanta Hawks. This is Philadelphia and Brooklyn. We move on to Atlanta and Boston. So, Kev, minus 1,200 for the Seas. Will this series be as easy as the odds say? I, I don't think so. I don't know how I feel about the fact that I don't think so. This might hmm. be where I find myself giving Trey too much credit. But I don't know if people are giving Trey enough credit for the game against Miami. Miami kind of was the bane of his existence. For those that don't remember last postseason, the Hawks drew the heat in the opening round, and Trey Young put forward a five-game series that saw him as the worst player all postseason long. I don't mean that as an opinion. I mean that if you look at the advanced statistics, he was the worst player in the playoffs. He had multiple games of 11 or less points. And it wasn't one of those he was scared to shoot. No, he probably should have been scared to shoot. It would have been better than the wildly inefficient performances that he had put forward. Trey, though, bounced back this year against that team on the road. And Trey has an ability to be better than Tatum. No, but, but... Trey has an ability to be at a very high level in the series. DeJounte Murray was brought over here as an all-star. I'm not telling you Atlanta's winning this series. But again, a lot of these series prices are suggesting that if Atlanta gets a game, they, they should be proud of themselves. Atlanta is a team that went to a conference finals, obviously regressed last season, and brought DeJounte Murray in with the idea that they could go out there and try and compete in the East. And obviously that didn't happen, but they made a massive midseason change of moving on from Nate McMillan and bringing in Quinn Snyder. The question I will leave people to just ponder, does the Atlanta Hawks, do the Atlanta Hawks have the coaching advantage in this series against Boston? If you think the answer to that is yes, then maybe the Hawks can grab multiple games in this series. Trey Young, 25 and a half is his points prop for tomorrow inside TD Garden. Boston is a nine-point favorite. The largest number from a points prop perspective, Kev, is Jason Tatum at 30 and a half. He averaged better than 25 points per game all playoffs long last year. But Kev, we sat here on multiple occasions as Boston made their run to an Eastern Conference Championship and into an NBA Finals, debating where Jason Tatum stacks up in the NBA. 
He only averaged 21 and a half points per game throughout that NBA championship series against Golden State, shooting worse than 37% from the floor. So, Kev, what is your level of expectation for Tatum this time in the mm. playoffs? Yeah, here's the thing with JT, man. Uh, this is the one. This season is the one. Now, he is still incredibly young. He's only 25 years old, okay? So I'm not telling you that if he doesn't win a title this year, it'll never happen. But they are, they are going to be favorites over Philly with, I think, what will end up being by a surprising margin to people on a series mm. price. The numbers in Milwaukee will be very, very light. And if they win a game in Milwaukee, they will move to favorites. And they will be favored over every single team in the Western Conference to win the title if they get there. What would hold back Boston? The good old classic Jason Tatum forgot how to play a game. Whoops, sorry. I know I scored 35 last game. Does that, is it okay now that I only scored 15 on 27% shooting? No, it's not. It's not. You can't have it. Again, that's why I talk about Atlanta winning multiple games. Because Jason Tatum going to Atlanta and randomly scoring 12 points is on the table still until it's not, until it's proven not. And I know the people, oh, man, here he goes slandering Boston again. Ask Brother John behind the scenes the positive things that I've been saying about this Boston Celtics team. Because I've been saying a whole bunch of them. But I have my reservations specifically because of him. Despite the fact that he's clearly cemented himself as one of the 10 best players in the NBA. Then, like, the finals were atrocious. And I, I'm not... The Celtics have been in this spot for half a decade now. And every year, Celtics fans go, come on, what are you? we're young, we're young. Yeah, you're young until you're not. You're young until Jalen Brown goes, I actually would rather be the number one, and he's gone. You're young until you're not. It's your, it's your time until it's not. It's just, I'm just saying, Jason Tatum, especially against Atlanta, who gives up 120 points per game since Quinn Snyder showed up, by the way. Come on now. Jason Tatum needs to go out there and average 30-plus points per game in this series, and anything less will be a disappointment. Under Quinn Snyder, he took over for their opening game at the end of February for the Hawks. Atlanta is 11-11, straight up, under his lead. Kev, what we expect to be the most competitive series in the Eastern Conference yes. starts tomorrow evening in Cleveland. The Cavaliers, a five-and-a-half-point home favorite against the New York Knicks. Now, I asked you a similar question for the Lakers and the Grizzlies. That's the most competitive series in the West. This expected to be mm -hmm. that in the East. How important is game one? You said not all that much between the Grizz and the Lakers. Is this game one in the land tomorrow night more significant for the series between the Knicks and the Cavaliers? So again, I don't want to downplay your question. It's one of those things though, where if you think the Knicks are going to win this series and they win the opening game, or let me, let me put it this way. If the team that you have picked to win this series loses game one and you lose all confidence, unless you saw something that you never, you never saw coming, that shouldn't be the case. Like if I, so let's just say I love Cleveland and they lose the opening game and I don't lose money on them losing the opening game, that's celebration time. What am I, I'm going to get them at plus 100 all of a sudden to win a series that I, steal, yeah. that I still feel good about. The New York Knicks were over 500 straight up 
as a road dog this year, only team in the NBA, which is outrageous, by the way. They, they should get a world of credit for that. But also, it, it's, you can win in the Garden. You can win in the Garden, right? Like, we can say that. We don't have to pretend. The Garden's great. Here's the thing about the Garden. It's great for everybody. Do you know who cannot win? Do you know who the play? Do you know which player in this series is happiest about playing in the Garden, Ben? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Not close. Yeah. Not close. Not close. So, th- like, those are the things that you have to remember. Here's my favorite. Here's my, here's my favorite bet for this. It's not massive plus money, but it's plus money. It's plus one twelve. Correct score after three games. Cleveland two one, and that is because there is no scenario on the board where I am upset going into game three. Not one. In I, the Knicks are not winning the first two games in Cleveland. I had there's no world I could possibly see that happening. Okay. If the Knicks win one of the games in Cleveland and I have Cavs plus 112 money line in game three, great. Great. I'm more than fine with that. If the Knicks are down 2-0 and they need to win game three to keep any respect alive and I have their money line at plus 112, I'll feel good about that as well. That would be my way, right? Pre-anything happening, that's what I like here in Cavs-Knicks. And the Knicks will be favored in the Garden. Kev, the shortest and most likely outcome, as the odds makers see it, is for the Cavs to win in five. You saw that there. It's a plus 310 number. You mentioned Donovan Mitchell going to Madison Square Garden. As we looked at this offseason, Kev, Knicks fans everywhere wanted Spida with his New York ties. They didn't get him. They settled at the time for Jalen Brunson, who had an all-star-like season despite not receiving a bid to the all-star game. As you compare Donovan Mitchell, Kevin, and Jalen Brunson, is this the storyline of the series? I think the the storyline might be that the Knicks are better off if Julius Randle stays home, but I don't know how ready people are to hear that. So should I I not be mean? I'm just saying Julius Randle last year shot under 30% from the field in that series against Atlanta. Jalen, everybody knows Donovan is better than Jalen Brunson. That isn't the bar, and it shouldn't be the bar for whether or not Brunson is a success with the New York Knicks. 30 and a half is the points prop for Spida. 25 and a half tomorrow in Cleveland for Jalen Brunson. We round out our opening hour. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out this opening hour of a Friday Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh has been here for pretty much the entirety of this opening hour as well. A full NBA playoffs preview as we looked at the slate that begins tomorrow. Four games on a Saturday, four more on a Sunday as the playoffs officially begin in the association. But not before the play-in tournament comes to a close tonight so Kevin we have four teams all vying for two spots to become the eighth seed in the east and in the west in those playoff seed lines so Kev before you head out before we round out this opening hour of those four teams we wanted to hear from the public who they believe the most in on this Friday evening that was the question in fade the public
So out of the four teams playing tonight, the Heat host the Bulls in Miami. The T-Wolves host the Thunder in Minnesota. Which team do you believe the most, at least advancing to become the eighth seed in the respective conference? Kev, a lot of people on this poll, like Oklahoma City, the Thunder, the most selected option, 31.5%. The Bulls, the second most. The underdogs have been great here, Kev, throughout these play-in tournament games so far. A perfect 4-0 against the spread, three of them victorious outright. But will two dogs go barking tonight in the play-in tournament? Yeah, man. T Wolves, Heat, Miz, Liz, Piz, man. Hit the bricks with the rest of this nonsense. I'm gonna get out. What do you? Let me tell you this right now. This it's, and I don't even mean the slander. You know me, Ben. I don't. I don't like. I don't like doing the whole, like, ah, oh, the public are such clowns. What are they thinking? Thing. Yeah. But this is the the easiest it's ever been to predict what's gonna be the public side. OKC yeah. is exclusively likable and minnesota seems to be exclusively dislikable it is so unsurprising that the thunder actually led that poll but also he he t wolves ms liz piz come on now petty people ms ms liz piz right now for miami and minnesota plus 113 kev thank you have a great weekend hour two next